Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headlines say that America is a nation in decline and that America is broken beyond repair. That's the headline. Is it right? Is it wrong? And is there a path? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, is there a chance that we the people could get the nation back on the right track? Senator Ben Sass, Republican from Nebraska, delivered a speech as part of the Reagan Foundation's A Time for Choosing speaker series. Uh, it was a speech for the ages. His message was one of hope and optimism for our nation. But he called on Americans to choose better leaders and in doing so, choose a better future for themselves that is independent of any leader of any political party. Uh, this was truly an extraordinary speech delivered last night. And uh, I want you to, to sit back and settle in and start thinking about what all of this means in your world, in your space, in your community and in our country today. Senator Sass began by saying it's no surprise that many Americans feel like America is headed in the wrong direction and destined to decline. We live in an odd time, so I think we should start with an odd fact. And that is that the vast majority of Americans now say that it feels like we're in decline. 80% of the left, more than that of the middle, and breaking 90% of the right say they think the country's headed in the wrong direction and they think we might be on permanent decline. It's not hard to see why. Fatherlessness, the epidemic of opioids and suicide, the loss of community, foreign policy humiliations, runaway inflation, the addictive horror of a 24-hour news cycle. It feels like we're inundated with terrible news, and that feels new because as Americans, We aren't used to thinking about bad news as the thing that floods over us. We think of ourselves as an optimistic people, or we used to anyway. Senator Sass said that if we lose confidence, confidence is so crucial to our nation. If we lose that, the effects would be absolutely disastrous. But when President Reagan reminded us that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction, he wasn't saying it with a heavy heart. He was laying out a challenge. It's a challenge that flows from a blessing. His point was this. It's up to us. There's no king going to do it for us. It's up to you and it's up to me to pass along this unbelievable American generation to the next American country, the American Republic, to the next generation. So yeah, it feels a bit daunting, but it can't incapacitate us. It can't render us passive. Every generation has a choice to get up off the couch and build or to resign as the rich kid who lets the family business fall apart. Because make no mistake, the loss of self-confidence that we're experiencing 
It has disastrous real-world effects. We cannot be the rich kid who lets the family business fall apart because the family business is freedom, and we're all in it together. Senator Sass went on to say that American idealism, while not perfect, has created the world that we live in and has lifted so many today. American idealism about human dignity, it helped create immense realist geopolitical stability. And the American military, our might, it enabled the spread of human rights and broader representation and private property rights and land reform. And it unleashed entrepreneurial innovation on every continent, thereby uplifting millions of families and innumerable communities. That's the reality of the last 75 years. Senator Sass went on to say that it shouldn't be surprising uh, because America does do so much, even when we don't represent a lot of the world's population. It's because America has been crucial in building rules and norms and an international community in the way it's supposed to be done today. There's a reason that we are 4% of global population and 24% of global GDP. If America first just becomes shorthand for America alone, then it's a dumb slogan, but it's an even dumber meaning. It would mean America poorer and America less safe. Engagement, by which we really mean leadership, can't be romantic, it can't be naive, for there is no international law that's handed down by some all-knowing, benevolent, placeless global legislator. The hand-wringing and the happy talk that oozes out of the United Nations where genocidal regimes can share the so-called Human Rights Commission, it's perhaps useful for an occasional sternly worded letter, but none of these processes do anything to make us safer. There is no abstraction called international law. But here's what there is, and this is why we need to engage, and this is why we need to lead. There's a system of rules and norms, like the free navigation of the seas, that we built and that our parents and grandparents enforced until recently. So I think it's important when he talks about America first, that it is not America alone. Uh, He said that's a dumb slogan and an even dumber meaning, uh, which would leave us poorer and less safe as a country. The senator also uh, took some time to to go through what the opportunity looks like to rebuild that American confidence so that we can actually continue to lead freedom into the next century. But if America is going to lead the next century, it's going to require us to get our act together and do some big, hard things, and soon. This won't be easy. It's been a long time since this country did big and hard things together. But we have done it before. We come from generations of people called upon to rise and to protect this place and its people and to do the hard work of building. It's great news what we've inherited, but it also means that we're a bunch of kids who've been living off our grandparents' inheritance from World War II and the Cold War, and the money's starting to run out, and we're going to have to do something. That can be either really bad news, or it can be a chance for us to build something big and hopeful again like they did, and like they bequeathed to us. The senator went on to talk about the things that we need to do and that all of this, all of this building, this big, bold building will begin with we the people. This American rebuild agenda depends first and foremost on the American people. We need a revival of American self-confidence. 
We need leaders who live and breathe that self-confidence so that we can inspire a generation of self-confident Americans and American families and American communities and American startups. The senator said that in order to rebuild uh, for the Republican Party in particular, that they have to decide exactly not what they're against, but what they're for. We can either continue to drift as a party that exists increasingly as a vehicle for the grievances of the angriest, oldest folks, or we could be a future-focused party of 2030 with policies centered on the future of work and the future of war. The American people are second to none. We could outcompete and outperform anyone, but we're going to need massively reformed institutions and a wave of new institutions that champion, reward, that champion and reward hustle and grit that help every American develop the skills he and she need to flourish. We're going to talk about some of those specific proposals from Senator Sass on education reform coming up on Monday next week. One of the things I loved about this speech, Senator Sass expressed his confidence in the American people, but he warned, he warned about the profits of doom and gloom and decline. Nobody outthinks, outhustles, or outworks the American people. We built an American order that saw us through the Cold War, and we can build a new American order that will see us through the coming conflict with the Beijing tyrant that is seeking to export his dehumanizing surveillance state autocracy and the related technologies. Now, I, I know that faster than I can get the words out of my mouth, There's a legion of pessimists on the left and increasingly on the right that'll line up to tell us why we can't do any of that. Their pessimism is poison, and we have lots of peddlers of this poison. On the left and on the right, legions of prophets of decline now. We're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer. We're going to stay with Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska. His speech at the Reagan Foundation is a time for choosing speaker series. Uh, Stay with us. We'll talk about why you should never bet against America or American freedom and what it means to each of us and what each of us need to do coming up next. Stay with us. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. We're staying with the question just a little bit longer today. That's how we get to the best insight. We're staying with a speech from Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, uh, really talking about betting on America and our future. Uh, where we left off, uh, he was talking about the pessimists on the left and the right, both sides, will be lined up to tell us why we can't do what we need to do as a country. Their pessimism is poison, the senator said. Uh, He continued by talking about this blame America first tradition, that it's not anything new, but it is incredibly dangerous in our day. The Americans are too weak to build or to fix anything tradition. It's old. But here's what's new. What's different now is that we have so many on the right who've joined in this whining. More false prophets of pessimism just from a different heretical sect. Fundamentally, they have the same message. In the 2016 presidential campaign, you had two candidates with wildly different solution sets, but their fundamental diagnosis was really the same. The system's rigged, you're getting screwed, you're a victim, the country's going down the tubes, you're victims. The left wants a powerful, nameless, but supposedly benevolent bureaucracy. The right wants a strongman daddy figure. But the loudest of them all agree on one thing. America, the one the founders gave us, the one kept for us by our parents and grandparents, it doesn't work anymore. 
It can't work anymore. These are not the good faith positions of two big, healthy political parties that are just competing about different visions of leadership. These are predators circling the carcass of the American body politic. Two petty factions within each party ready to fight each other to the death about which of them gets to rule us. So we've been fighting about the wrong things, that we don't have two big, healthy political parties that are competing with different visions of leadership. Uh, the problem is, is that they're just trying to rule over. Uh, and so often they end up looking like and acting the same. Senator Sass said that people who say our Constitution is obsolete or that we're all victims are liars. It's liars who tell us that our Constitution is obsolete and that principled pluralism can't possibly work anymore, and that the very act of believing it could is quaint. Since persuasion is dead, so many of them tell us, the only thing to do is to try to use the government to smash the other side, weaponize the state to go after your domestic opponents, who we're told we have to regard not just as wrong on a policy here or there, we're supposed to regard the other political party as evil. They tell us the other political party is the root of everything that ails us. Well, they're full of crap. Because the prophets of doom, right and left, disagree about almost every particular policy, but they almost always sound like twins. Because they agree that the solution to all domestic squabbles is supposedly to give the federal government loads more power, which they're sure will never be misused. It will just be used to crush the people they don't like. Marjorie Taylor Greene and AOC, it's choose your own dictatorial adventure. Matt Gates and Madison Cawthorn, they might as well be from the far left, because like all prophets of doom, they love ranting to the American people that we're just victims. Uh, we could listen to that segment about three times and dissect that, but it is that idea that persuasion is dead, that we just use the weapons of government to, as a cudgel uh, against our opponents. Uh, and I agree, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are the same. They're, they're preaching the same doom and gloom and that they're the only answer to the problem, that you're a victim. And we have to go beyond that. Senator Sass said that America still has a great story to tell. We just got to listen and buy in. Being resigned toward decline, that's the wrong story. Finding adrenaline rush and endlessly droning on about the worst 2% of the other side, it's the wrong story. The truth is, America still has an amazing story to tell. We're the only country that started as an idea, a wild, optimistic, world-shaking, history-changing idea. And it's this, universal human dignity. People are fallen, but we're also ensouled and big and filled with potential and meant to rule ourselves. The senator went on to talk about some of those things where the doom scrollers are just wrong. That they're just wrong, that America doesn't have the grit or the grace uh, to move it all forward. That they're wrong about our will and resolve and our strength and our ingenuity. Uh, They're just wrong. Now, he said that reviving the American experiment is not going to be easy for any of us. American revival won't be easy because we're facing not just dysfunctional government, but also endless fuel from rage peddlers who want this dysfunction and who lust only for performative shouting we got to get past the performative. Now, listen very closely to where the senator says we are and where we need to go next. Right now, we have a government of the weirdos, by the weirdos, and for the weirdos. 
Most real people are tuning out, regrettably, but understandably, and they're letting the very online, very angry dominate our politics. Our politicians now consistently act like jack wagons, and they do it for a reason. It's because they're primarily just performing for other jack wagons. Echo chamber politicians drinking their own bathwater isn't entirely new, of course, but what is new, and something is new here, is the instant feedback loop of social media. Politicians increasingly addict themselves to likes and retweets. And they act and they think, but mostly they just feel, like social media is where real life happens. Happily, they're very, very wrong. Yes, there's lots of grandstanding going on, but the grandstands are really small and they're mostly empty. Political Twitter isn't real. Only 22% of Americans use it, and more than half of the one-fifth of Americans who use Twitter never follow politics on it. The vast majority of traffic on Twitter is driven by well under 2% of the American public. And yet politicians, again, left and right, are barely distinguishable in seeking to cater to this tiny minority and the algorithms that drive their addicted engagement. Senator dug in a little more on those social, social media algorithms that benefit the rage, anger, fear, frustration, and the irrational. Political algorithms run on rage. We know this. Nobody goes viral for making a good argument, a good faith argument. Nobody goes viral for admitting that there are policy trade-offs. Nobody goes viral for being honest that 280 characters probably won't allow enough space to have an honest debate. It is dumb to talk about a particular piece of federal legislation as either the arrival of heaven on earth or the harbinger of hell by Tuesday. Nonetheless, the loudest politicians and the media demagogues who enable and encourage them, they still go viral daily just by preaching to their little siloed choirs. They get clicks for divisive headlines and for outrageous overstatement, for misrepresenting their opponent's position for telling their audience that if you're not with us entirely and immediately, then you're the enemy. Uh, the Senator Sass went on to say that we, we have to understand uh, that America is not either what we're seeing on Twitter nor what we're seeing on cable news. Cable television obviously suffers from the same problem. Tucker Carlson had the most watched show on cable this year, checking in at 3 million and 30,000 viewers one night last month. Lawrence O'Donnell clocked in at less than half that, and Anderson Cooper on CNN, about 800,000. It sort of sounds like a lot, until we remember that this gorgeous continental nation has north of 330 million souls. To review, on a typical day, less than 2% of the nation is watching all cable news combined. Less than 2% of the nation. And that 2% is not remotely representative of the country. The median age of an MSNBC viewer, what do you think it is? 68. CNN, basically the same. Fox evening programming has an even more geriatric audience. Gen Xers and millennials and Zoomers, the generations that make up our entire future, they're not listening to any of the fan service media. Politicians who spend all day shouting in Congress so they can spend all night shouting on cable, they're peddling crack. Most of it to people who are already addicted, but also with some glittery hopes of finding a new angry octogenarian out there. Finally, Senator Sass said that we need to understand that America makes legends, not victims. Our history is dominated by people who refuse to settle, people who smashed barriers, men and women who built this better nation and bequeathed it to us. The Harriet Tubmans and the George Washingtons, 
Susan B. Anthony and MLK, Neil Armstrong and Rosa Parks, Amelia Earhart and Jackie Robinson, and the ever cheerful Ronald Reagan. We in this country and in this party, we embrace leaders who understand that, that America makes legends, not victims. Great speech by Senator Ben Sass in Nebraska. We'll post that to our social. In the end, he said, don't bet against America. We can be optimistic. We have reason for courage. And we have reason to have confidence in the future. Be part of it. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.